What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What do you think of the honest, or I mean, the honest, uh, the James Wiseman coast to coast on? It did look like a Giannis type of situation, right? Um, it was awesome. We're going to bring y'all to our huddle. You are in the latest huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce rejoining us a foremost authority on all things Bay Area sports, the host of the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game, and the brand new member of NBC Sports Bay Area's pre- and post-game coverage for the Golden State Warriors, Mr. Big Shot, Bonte Hill. What's going on, Bonte? Here you guys go, man, with the big shot stuff, man. I'm just trying to be like you, Brand Marcus and Maxine, man, but I appreciate it, man. You guys know uh, this is one of the only podcasts that I will go on, man. You guys always show me love over the last three to four years, so I appreciate it. Happy holidays also to everybody out there, including Dub Nation, man, and uh, what a start to the season. What a start. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that big shot is appropriate, dude. I, I was just getting you – are used to you being the big dog on the morning radio in the Bay. Now you're the face of Warriors basketball coverage on TV. Something tells me if we wait like a month and we have you back on, you're going to be like the f-ing GM or something. So like, I, we better just ask you as many questions as we can now while you're still willing to talk to us. It's unbelievable your ascent. Oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, whoever was at NBC thought this was a good idea. Man, I, we, I, the fact that he hasn't been or she hasn't been drug tested yet is remarkable. <laughs> he let me on television hosting a Warriors pregame show on television. What idiot made that decision? Hopefully I make them look good and they don't get fired. But uh, I think so far so good. It's easy when you got Mully and D right, man. They make it look so easy. So as long as I have them to have a crutch, to have that crutch with them, and I think I should be okay. Dude, we couldn't make this joke if you weren't kicking ass. It'd be so awkward. Like if you were up there and you were sucking, you know, we wouldn't be able to bring this up at all. We would like immediately move on. But the fact that we're basking in it tells you exactly how well you're doing. And I'll be honest with you, man. I, I thought of you right after the game three win, the one where the brother-in-law, Damian Lee, hit the three in what feels like the most important game three regular season win in the history of the NBA. And the reason I thought of you is this. So I, I know you're a big fan. I imagine you really wanted to celebrate the shot in studio when it goes in. But I also know you're starting a new gig with Mully and D-Wright. And if that's me, 
I'm going to want to kind of play it cool, you know, because I want to come off as a seasoned TV personality who doesn't really care about regular season wins. So for you, when it happens, you're sitting there, I imagine you're with Mully, and, and the ball goes through. Do you have to play it kind of close to the vest? Do you celebrate? Like, what happens in that scenario? Oh, hell nah, man. When Damian Lee hit that shot... I stood up and was like, oh, and kind of walked away for about, took about a 10-step walk and then got back to the table because the producer, John Sackey, was in my ear. Oh, man, Damian Lee hit. We may be all right after the game. Get ready. And so it was like a fire. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's in my ear. Everybody's losing their minds. Okay, we're going to get D. Lee to interview. And they're like, oh, we're going to get Steph, too. And it was like, oh, we got rapid fire here. All right, let's go. You know, it, it was it was just wild. So, you know, I can't be too much of a fan, but you got to remember, Darrell was a warrior. You know, he's still out here because he loves the warrior so much in this area. Bully's a Hall of Famer. We know Bully. I mean, we all grew up together, and we're in the same age bracket. Uh, Bully's our guy. Bully's the guy that we Absolutely. when he was on the dream team he was like, man, we got we got one warrior. We had one warrior representative uh, through those all-star games, whether it's sometimes two with Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen. So, uh, you know, they've watched so much basketball, but I think that's why they brought me there is to have that excitement. And so, like, just full disclosure, like, Damian Lee gets the ball, and we're like, or where he, first of all, it was a five-second violation, right? And he oh, almost absolutely. goes in bounds and almost throws it away. Looney sets the screen for Curry. Uh, you know, D. Lee gets the ball back from Looney. And I'm thinking like, oh, man, give it back to Curry. Absolutely. You know, no, 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 yes shots. You know what I'm saying? Just full YOLO. Like, Damian Lee's taking that shot and he nails it. So I kind of got up because I am just I get excited about that stuff, man. It's a buzzer beater. It's a big-time win for this young bunch, man. You imagine if they lost that Bulls game and no. fell up. Oh, and no, three. I cannot I'm imagine. I, I, mean, I mean, so so uh, it, it, I was able to celebrate a little bit, and hopefully that energy that I exuded right after that shot was able to come across on air because that's the whole point of it, man. We're all excited. This is sports. This is fun. And if you can't show your excitement, you got to go on there. Hey, welcome to Post Game Live. The NPR. Yeah, the NPR approach. That, right. that you had, yeah, you're, you're oh, absolutely right. Shot, man. Was <laughs> well, these guys celebrate it like they won game six of the NBA Finals. So, uh, you know, they know that I'm the fan and I'm the kid. So uh, I think they were cool with it, man. And, you know, once we got D. Lee on the air and then we got Steph Curry on the air and then the post game was just – it was like blur, man. So uh, it was a lot of fun with that. And I think Bully and Darrell, they, they were loving it too because it was like, oh, shit, they finally got off the snide, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I needed that. I uh, I was even worse than the no, 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 yes. Damian Lee catches the ball, and I immediately, I think, scream, what is Damian Lee doing in the game? And then he hits that shot, and I think my question was, why doesn't he take every game any shot? So I immediately flips, and I – to give you a glimpse into where I am in life, I've mentioned it a couple of times. I've got a five-year-old man, and I don't know if you've seen the thousands of billboards for it, but if you have Disney+, Plus, you can now watch that movie Soul. And so I had promised my kid we would watch Soul that night, forgetting that the Warriors were going to play. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're sitting there. I'm watching the game on my laptop while she's watching Soul. I'm lying to both my family, you know, my, my wife and my kid. That, no, no, no. I'm, this is email. I'm definitely watching Soul. And then Damian Lee, you know, that, that entire thing goes down. I am cussing. I'm like running around the room trying to explain to them that, no, it was a really powerful email that has me <laughs> this excited. So, you know, it, it was, uh, it was what it was, man. Well, I tell you what, boys, um, we are 
lucky to have Bonte tonight. He's got a thousand things going on, but he went out of his way to give us some of his time. We're going to lose him a little early, so let's jump in. And what I have is two major segments today. We've got a Warriors Oracle segment, and then we're going to be dropping New Year's resolutions. Let's start with the Oracle. And Bonte, the idea for this is hella easy, man. Really what this is is a not-so-fancy mailbag segment. But the only thing that separates it out from normal mailbag stuff is that we invite personal questions. There's going to be stuff in here that asks for stories uh, that may be a little bit embarrassing. I know where you are in your career. If you do not want to give us any of this stuff, uh, no problem. And we're going to start real easily. Ron in Alameda asked this. The Warriors look like for the first two games, taking a 65-spot combined loss to the Nets and Bucks then turned it around against Chicago and Detroit. Boys, what were the major differences between the two losses and the two wins that you noticed? Bonte, what do you got? Ooh, major differences, man, communication on defense and shot making. I mean, two two things, I should say. Uh, I, I'll just go with shot making yep. because they got open looks. They got open looks against Brooklyn. They got open looks against Milwaukee. And then the difference in the four games is in Chicago and Detroit, you hit shots against Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Stiffer competition, you didn't hit shots. And it look, it, it's it's so cliche to say, hey, it's a make or miss league, right? You got to, it's either you make it or you miss it. But it's the truth. Yeah. It is the absolute truth. You can get out rebounded. You know, you, you can you can turn the ball over a little bit more than any other team, like Brooklyn did against the Warriors. They turned the ball over more than go to say Warriors. Um, but they made shots. And that's the difference in this, with this team right now. They have to make shots. We could get on Kelly Oubre for starting the season one for 21 from the three-point line. That's not good. Uh, we can start to get it going there for <laughs> 7 for 11 the last two games. But um, it, it's a make-or-miss league. And, and those two games with the young team not making shots early on in those ball games, it snowballed. All of a sudden, it affects your defense. And all of a sudden, you're not getting back in transition. All of a sudden, you're allowing easy buckets. And so make shots. Make shots, set up your defense, and that's the difference before these four games. Uh, MT, I want your answer, so I'll turn it to you in a second. I, I'm not even going to provide an answer. Instead, I'm going to provide some insight. I'm stealing from somebody else. Uh, I had the pleasure of talking to a friend of the podcast, Rusty Simmons, today. And you, know, you guys know Rusty. He covered the team for years. He covered them under Cohan when they were bad for decades. And what I asked him was, do you notice any differences? I mean, we, we laud Golden State's culture constantly, right? After Low or after Lake bought the team, after they won all these championships, one of the things we talk about is Golden State's talent and their culture. And so what I asked him was, do you see that culture in the losing years? You know, of course we can see it when they're winning championships. But last year, did you see it? This year, are you seeing it? And he gave this really great answer. He said, I sure did. And I saw it in this last road trip. He said under Cohan, if you had a team go out and lose the first two games by 65, then you are guaranteed an 0-4 road trip. Guaranteed. Even though they'd played a young, terrible burger teams the next two, even though those, those next two were against teams that were on the back end of back-to-backs, they would have been so butthurt by the first two losses, they never would have showed. But this team took care of business. This team rounded up the wagons, recognized the difference, and sacked up and won. And I, I just like that. I like that distinction. Um, as far as how the team played differently, MT, what do you got? Um, I think it's a combination of things. Um, and I would, you know, kind of piggyback off of 
what Bonte was saying, but I think it's a, a combination of three things. First off is that this team hasn't played in a long time, and they haven't played in the bubble. You're playing against um, Brooklyn and Miami. Both teams that played in the bubble went down to Orlando, and they know what it's like to kind of play in that environment, whereas uh, we didn't. Uh, part two, those two teams are probably going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, so to lose to them by that much is not good, but it's understandable. I mean, those are really good basketball teams, and we're still trying to find our way, and we were without our floor general and, and Draymond um, being out. But last but not least, you know, like Bonte said, it's just hidden shots. I mean, you're not going to go through a stretch for that long where everybody's missing, including Steph. I mean, Steph was even at 20% from three. So, um, you know, it was just a perfect storm of running up against really good teams who, um, you know, had good shooting nights and we did not, including our star players. And they're just not used to playing with Steph yet in a game-like situation. Like, they analyze how when Steph does the relocation for the threes, that's like one of his key moves to get, um, you know, his, his threes down. And a lot of the players aren't even looking for it. Like Michael Mulder is over there looking for a screen and roll with a big man when Steph is relocating, and they just don't know yet to look for that, that that's the offense, that if you give it to Steph. Yeah, even if you, he relocates and he's double team, like Steph is a superstar that will pass it right back because you're open. So, you know, even if they don't see it's open they still give it to Steph he gives it back and it just creates you know that flow so they're all learning it's just a learning experience in those first two games I'm glad they're out the way and I'm glad we got to play two of the weaker teams in the Eastern Conference to close out the trip. Bonte I want you to be the sane person in my life first let me give credit before I illustrate how crazy I am credit Steph uh, you know the other difference is the incredible amount of effort we saw from the team in games three and four and one of those things was Steph having a get on my back we are going to win effort uh, in the end of game three um, so you know he, you know how much I love him but there were shots of him on the bench when they were losing by 40 in that Christmas game where he was smiling and joking and laughing with Draymond. Was I wrong to be annoyed by that? Dray- I mean, Bonte, he, he, I, he can do anything he wants. He runs this franchise. He runs this area. But it hit me in a weird way that he was kind of smiling even though we were down a 40 spot. I mean, I know some people who are annoyed by that, but here's the thing. You're getting blasted on Christmas Day. You're playing with a bunch of new guys. Yep. James Wiseman's playing in his second game ever. No Draymond. Sometimes you got to laugh it off. Yep. Sometimes you just got to yeah. laugh it off. That's a good call. You know what? It's game number two. It's game two of 72. It's a long grind. It's a long season. I think Steph understands that this team will be better in April than it is now. Now, how long, how quickly can they jail? A seven-game homestand coming up is no no gimme, right? I mean, you got two against Portland, the Clippers. You got the Kings. Right. You got the Pacers. I mean, it is Toronto, I think, is on the seven-game homestand. So sometimes you just got to laugh things off and say, all right, it's game two. We're terrible. It can't get worse than this. So let's just kind of laugh it off here. But I, I understand. I mean, you don't want to see that. You want to see a guy who was ticked off. But you got to remember the man. This guy's played in big games. Five straight right. You're right, and and he's communicating to the younger guys, right? Like showing yeah. them, yeah, this isn't a big deal, man. Who cares? This is right. one of eighty two kind of or one of seventy two kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. So you you gotta you just gotta gotta laugh it off there, Brad. We gotta laugh it off, man. I know it's Christmas and you probably uh, threw your eggnog away, but you know what? <laughs> it's gonna be all right, man. Don't, I'm, don't need, I'm a crazy man, Bate. What do you want? I've shown you this over and over again. Yeah, I'm crazy. a crazy man, and I need you to talk me off the ledge occasionally, Bate. Keep the mic. This question's shooting towards you. 
Puya in Richmond asked this. If you get a group email that is sent to a group of friends by a friend, do you immediately check the recipient list to see how high you are you know, on the actual list? Like if you're the first person you send it to or the 10th person down, and it, in case you don't want to be revealing, I'll go first on this, Monte. I do that immediately, Puya. immediately. <laughs> I get it, and sometimes I won't even read the email, dude. I'll, I'll, like the second I see who it's from and who it's to, I need to know where I stand in that person's life. And if I'm not top five, let's say it's a group of like over 10, if I don't make the top five, I feel like it kind of passive-aggressively impacts my relationship with that person. I'll never bring it up, but now I know I didn't make their Mount Rushmore, and it bothers me. It definitely bothers me. So for you, you a little healthier? Do you just read the email or do you jump in? Yeah, I mean, Mark, isn't it? Maxine, man. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are dealing with here, man. I, <laughs> Graham is a handful, man. <laughs> settle down. You can just answer it yourself, okay? You don't do it, big shot. Jesus. Graham. Fred, just read the email, man. It's all good. It's <laughs> okay. all good. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they just, maybe it's a few A's. I don't know. I, look, I, I, I don't, I, I just see who, I like to see who's on the email, no doubt, after I read it. I don't really look at the order. <laughs> per se. Okay, okay. <laughs> Mr. Healthy over there. I, I guarantee you, I am willing to bet that at least one of my two co-hosts is as uh, as, as sick as I am. Do, do you think so so what do you think? Do you think either Maxime or Marcus checks the uh, where they fall or are they nice and healthy like you are? Uh, I think they're, I think they're nice and healthy like me, man. I don't think they're looking to see where they're at in, in terms of the pecking order, the recipients, uh, <laughs> line there on the email. I, I think they're just reading the email and just saying, Oh, so-and-so's on this email. Hmm. Interesting. But no, I, I, I don't think I've ever looked to see where I was at. On that. Wait, they're both sick. F- I, I think they both check. Let's find out. Uh, empty start us first. You get the, the you know, the scenario, what happens? I am unhealthy when it comes to this let's go yeah. take that Bonte. let's go <laughs> um i think it's i've been conditioned from work because work the the politics of it is it comes into play like where you show up in the email and who you put first um, matters i think that's just carried over it doesn't impact me personally in that situation where it would like it would affect my friendship with that person, but <laughs> it would impact my response time. If I'm in the middle towards the end, then I'll just wait until a couple other people who are more important and deserve to be, you know, CC'd first answer and then I'll answer. Um, but yeah, it's a little unhealthy when it comes to it. I, if you're going to put me in the back, I'm going to answer in the back. Yeah, there you go. The fact that you said those other people were more important does immediately reflect that it will impact how you view your friendship going forward. <laughs> Even if you don't want to admit it to yourself, your subconscious is already ranking your friendship with this dude. Maxime, join the dark side, buddy. Where are you on this? Well, so this is really interesting to me. I'm learning a lot right now because I just Uh-oh. always assumed that I was put first algorithmically, but clearly I'm just really liked by all my friends. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, uh, I, I honestly, I'm going to reveal some, probably some deep darkness um, that goes back to the days before I like got in shape and ran really well, um, which then that became my only um, valuable skill set such that I would actually be not picked last for let's say dodgeball or whatever I'm used to being picked near the back from middle school like those like deep deep seated memories so at this point I've convinced myself that 
that shit is shuffled. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not even <laughs> looking even because I don't want to know where I fall in that hierarchy. Jesus. Well, here's what I'm doing the second this show is over. I'm picking 20 random people and then including you three, sending an email to all of them, putting Maxime at the top, putting Bonte at the f- last absolutely last <laughs> see whether or not he bothers about it and then mt you're just gonna have to see how important i think you are uh matt a from patreon asks us this quote what is the list of players you would be willing to trade wiseman and then parenthetically paired with wiggins contract to make the uh, numbers work for my list right now is just Giannis or luca that's it after one week i'm completely sold and will only trade him for a superstar that could sustain the franchise for the next 10 years so what I have done, boys, is I've put together a list of the top centers in the league currently according to 2K. These are objective rankings that they've, uh, that they've developed for their ratings. And I want you to tell me if right now that team reached out, would you trade them for Wiseman? So first name on my list is Joel Embiid. Bonte, Philly gives uh, you a call. You're going to be the GM anyways in a couple of years. How would you handle this? They want Embiid for Wiseman. Do you do the deal? Well, I always believed that Joel Embiid would be a better fit with the Golden State Warriors than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis can't shoot. I mean, his, this guy, he just can't shoot. I mean, you could scheme against this guy. Embiid does everything in the paint. He's got the little dream shake, the fadeaway. He's powerful. The question is health. But with that said, what I've seen from James Wiseman as a 19-year-old, he takes the game very seriously. He's mature. He's more mature than me, and I'm 38 years old. I mean, you Low see bar. Low bar. I mean, seriously, you see the way he answers these questions in the media and in the post-game pressers, and he's hard on himself. And I know Wiggins has that big, lofty contract, but it's Wiseman here. Like, Wiseman is the guy who's going to take the throne from Steph Curry and lead this franchise into the future. As much as I love Joel Embiid, there is a concern with health. There's the concern with the motor. There's the concern with the hunger um, and, and staying in shape. So I'm rocking, dude. I'm rocking with Wiseman and Wiggins here. I'm keeping Wiseman and Wiggins. I do the same. The the especially now that we're on the other side of a Wiggins passion performance. You know, uh, you had asked me this after games one and two. I may have considered you know packaging up Steph to get Wiggins the hell out of here. Uh, but at at this stage, yeah, I, I it is Embiid's health concerns that would be the pause, and then Wiseman's age, man, nineteen, the contract he's currently on. I'm Wiseman all day on this one. Yeah, I'm 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 Wiseman all day. I mean, like I I like Embiid a lot, dude. It, it, it's and that's a tough one, man, because I think Embiid can be a top ten player in this league if he wants help. Possibly could be a top five player. I mean, I just go back and I know it's just an All Star game, so hear me out here, boys. But like you noticed in that All Star game last year, where they basically just picked teams, yeah, and you saw the team with Giannis and Embiid. Where do they go down a the stretch? They went to Embiid every huh. damn time. The players let you know what they think about other players. The players let you know how good another player is. And that game, even though it was just an all-star game, they played their asses off, though. That was physical. That was fun. We all had a lot of fun watching this past all-star game. Obviously, right after the death of Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. But the players let you know how good a player is. And I think the players really think that Embiid has the talent to be one of the best centers we've ever seen. But it's the health, man. It's like the guy's been hurt since he's been at Kansas. You know, it's it's just every year you pray that you can get 60 games out of him. You can't play him on back-to-backs. The guy, the battle of attrition, you're just like, man, is this guy going to wear down or what? Wigan, I mean, Wiseman looks like 
guy's a, he's chiseled out of his mind. He's slender. He runs the floor really well. I mean, he's got the handles. His shot is already probably better than Joel Embiid's at this point of his career. And the guy's 19 years old. So it's a tough man, but I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from James Wiseman. Wiseman had that block, then coast-to-coast Eurostep dunk that Kerr referred to as a Yanni's play in that game four win. So I am on board. MT, let me give you a new name. Jokic, would you trade Wiseman right now if Denver called up and said, we will give you Jokic in exchange for Wiseman and Wiggins? Um, I would. And I love Wiseman. um, And I was happy to see Wiggins have a a breakout game. And um, it would be tough. But Jokic is the best center in the game right now. Um, He's an unbelievable passer. And to have him and Steph working the pick and roll and then having Clay come back next year would be a really tough um, offense to stop. So I would hate to give up on Wiseman. I think he's a superstar and um, love the way his trajectory is showing even after just four games. But um, Jokic is is established and he's proven that he is um, an elite player right now and in my opinion the best center in the game. He's still thin, too. I mean, ever since the bubble, right? I mean, the the one shot you could throw at him is that he kind of played his way into shape, and that's not been true this year. If I was going to try to talk you out of it, you know, there's a six-year age difference. Jokic is 25, but even then, I'm with you. Uh, Bonte, Maxime, and Marcus. I'm going to give you three names so we don't have to wade through this question for too long. Tell me if you would make a move for any of them. Carl Anthony Towns, Porzingis, or Anthony Davis. And so if any of those GMs uh, immediately reached out, would you give up Wiseman for any three of them? Oh, that's tough. They are all, by the way, Towns is 25, Porzingis is 25, Anthony Davis is 27. Just f- as you guys think it out, you know, for me, Porzingis is immediately off the table. He, I, who knows if he comes back completely healthy this year. So, no, I would prefer Wiseman, leaving Anthony Davis and Towns. So, you know, Anthony Davis also has injury concerns. He's a lot older, but we can't be ridiculous. Wiseman's only played four games. Wow. Anthony Davis has shown himself to perhaps be an MVP-type level. That one would really catch my attention. I'm probably doing it. The one that splits the difference is Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, he, he was the picture of health for two years. Or, I'm sorry, for his entire career, and that he's already had injury problems this year and had him through most of last year. I don't know if that's because I just had him on my f-ing fantasy team, and that's the way <laughs> the fantasy generally works out. Um, so I, I think I'd probably say no to him. But those three, is, is Wiseman in their category, and would you make any trades? Ooh, Porzingis and Carl Anthony Towns, I'm saying no. Yep. I already like Wiseman's defense better than Carl Anthony Towns. And Carl Anthony yes. Towns yes. about, and this is, you know, being in the locker rooms and, and covering the league the last few years, I've heard from people who's playing on the Minnesota Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns is only worried about making all-star games right now. Now, wow. maybe that's changed due to COVID-19 and the unfortunate death of his mom and, and a slew of family members. Maybe he has changed his perspective on what he wants to accomplish in the NBA. But from what I was hearing, this guy was all about individual accolades. That's it. And that's all. And I can't deal with the guy like that. You see the way he plays defense. It it just feels like he leaves something on the table every single night. It's like, man, this guy, you know, he'll get you 28 and 15. And it's like, you could have got 35 and 25 or, you know, and I know I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but seriously, like he leaves things on the table. So I think Anthony Davis, it's hard to pass up on him. I mean, look, I wasn't a big fan of his. 
I still think he at times leaves things on the table, but defensively, his three-point shot has come a long, long way. He's a monster, man. That's the one guy I will probably give up Wiseman for if I knew I was getting Anthony Davis right now. Even though there's injury concerns, no doubt. But that's the one guy I'll probably lean to. Other The other two, off the table. Uh, boys, because I know we are burning through Bonte's time, I'm actually going to flip to a topic that really caught my eye this week. I think it's a little bit ridiculous, but I need your takes on it. So Kevin in San Mateo asked the following quote, what do you boys think of the Draymond rumors? So let's give that a little context. Chris Haynes recently said this on the Posted Up podcast, uh, which I think he publishes on a weekly basis. Quote, I'll say this, if Draymond comes back and they don't fare well, we could see a scenario where Draymond will be put out in the market for trade bait. We could see that the way this franchise is going. Uh, Marcus, should the Warriors consider trading Draymond Green? Um, I wouldn't. I mean, you have to wait to see how he plays, but Draymond has been the heartbeat of this team for a long time, and I think that's still who he is. He's high, high, super high IQ, um, floor general for us. He's going to get the defense whipped into shape. He's going to be great for mentoring Wiseman, and the younger guys coming up as well. Um, and he just has that dog and that edge to him that when we didn't have that, when we had D. Lee starting, you know, we missed that. And when Draymond came in and, and gave that little attitude that I'll kick you in the nuts, you know, like we needed that. So um, I would hate to see it, I think, and would prefer Draymond be a warrior for life and go the route of um, Barbosa and Livingston where – he transitions to a front office role as well and um, just uses that brain power and that IQ for a, to keep our organization at the top for a long time. It's punch. He will punch you in the nuts, not kick. Bonte, what do you think? <laughs> Should they consider trading him? Not, not yet. Not yet. you got to let Draymond Green play with this bunch with Wiggins and Kelly Oubre Jr. and Wiseman. Um, I think it's too early, man. They committed to the long-term deal with Draymond Green, the four-year, $100 million contract you know, last August. So, or excuse me, 2019 uh, in August. So you got to roll with the punches. I think it's too early to even discuss trading Draymond Green. Now, you know, in the off season and the season goes awry, you get into the off season, you're thinking, man, this isn't working. We have to retinker. We have to retool a bit. And that's when you maybe consider trading Draymond Green, but he is the heart and soul of this team. I still believe that. And especially without Clay Thompson, I mean, it's not fair to really gauge who Draymond Green is when you don't have all your stars. So is he going to be a 15 to 18 point scorer? No, that's not his game. But can he be that defensive captain, communicating, pushing the ball up the floor, um, um, facilitating in a half court, getting stepped the ball in the right spots when he's coming off those screens? Uh, It's too early to it's way too early to consider trading Draymond Green. Nah, you got you got to keep him and, and see what what's left in that tank and see what's going on, see if he could fit in with this unit here. So, Bram, I'm not I'm not even thinking about trading Draymond right now. Yeah, Bonte, should they consider trading Draymond Green right now? No. Uh, let me say that uh, perhaps more objectively. Should they consider trading Draymond Green right now? F- no, they should not. <laughs> the, the, 
Draymond is not only going to help them this year in a couple of roles, hopefully on the floor in the distributor that we've always seen him be as the middle linebacker of the defense where he's directing people everywhere, but he's also helping them off the floor. Draymond is a coach. He's going to be a coach in the future. He's a coach right now. We were just talking about Wiseman's future. You know, the fastest way he reaches that potential with people like Draymond Green teaching him the secrets of how to be the defensive player of the year. So absolutely not. But it's not just this year, man. It's going forward. We used the word culture before and what the Warriors have created. What does it scream to the league? If you bring a guy in, he helps you win three titles. He helps you change the culture. He he brings you a defensive player of the year. And then after you have a tough year that he went through four games in, you're willing to ship him out for what? Protected first rounders. So no, you know, now, now Bonte in the off season, if they don't know where they're going, you know, should they consider all the available options? Of course, you know, we've, we've seen what, happens to a team stuck in limbo under Cohan. That's what they did. They were at the eighth seed for never. So, you know, if it looks like they can't go anywhere with this group, then maybe, maybe you reconsider, but you don't start doing that now. It's four games in. What are we talking about? And I think another thing, too, is um, Clutch has changed the game, and they're not going anywhere. When this group of players, when LeBron and AD and Draymond all hang it up, um, you know, they're not going to just be like, okay, that was fun and let somebody else like they're going to continue to, you know, have a stranglehold on on how the NBA works as a business. And Draymond has his foot in there in a solid way. So, you know, like if there's a case where all of a sudden Bronny's getting drafted and the Warriors draft him and Draymond's in the front office and we have clutch sports as part of it, like where's LeBron going to go? Is he going to be part owner of the Lakers? Maybe, you know, like maybe the bus family opens that up and he's, he, you know, like expands his empire that way. Probably won't go back to Cleveland just because he and the owner, Dan Gilbert have too much beef. Can't go back to Miami because he and Pat Riley have a a little bit of beef going on. So, you know, like, where do you see that? Like clutch is going to be a big player and Draymond is a big part of that. And, you know, like looking far, far down the line, like how do the Warriors play into that and take advantage of that too is a reason to keep Draymond in the fold. Completely agree. Um, Absolutely agree. And that is a perfect transition into a brand new segment, one we'll call New Year's Resolutions. And I bet you boys can't guess what we're going to do here. Drop New Year's resolutions. There's a reason, Bonte. I am the best episode uh, segment titler in the game. I don't. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm just great at no, I, giving I, titles I to segments. I just want to gas you. <laughs> well, that's weird because you know I like compliments. So the idea here is, boys, fire in if you'd like. Um, if you have any New Year's resolutions for either the team at large or players specific, uh, drop in. If you just want to comment on mine about how good they are or how awful they are, that's also fine, too. To get us started, I've got one specific to Andrew Wiggins, right? And essentially it is recognize who the hell you are. And let me give you a stupid analogy to help hammer it home. Do you guys remember that movie Swingers? I mean, like late 90s movie. It's, it's a fairly old one. Have either of you seen it or any of you guys seen it? It's been a while. It's uh, yeah, Okay. It's, it's Vince Vaughn, it's John Favreau, crazy early in their career, and there's a scene where Vince Vaughn, who's kind of a ladies' man, is talking to Jim Favreau, who just is trying to get over a breakup and doesn't have any confidence in talking to women, and Vince Vaughn is telling Favreau, look, you are a f- 
fucking bear with giant claws and this huge body and you're asking me how to kill a rabbit it's ridiculous just recognize you're a giant bear don't you want me like a big bear with 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 claws and with fangs man. teeth yeah, man, man. teeth on you she's just like this little bunny who's just kind of cowering in the corner shivering yeah man just kind of you, you know you got these claws and you're staring at these claws man and you're thinking to yourself with these claws you're thinking now how am i supposed to kill this bunny and you're how am i supposed it, to kill you're this bunny it. yeah you're not hurting it you're just kind of gently batting the bunny around you know what i mean and the bunny's scared mike the bunny's scared of you and you claws and these fangs man and you're looking at your claws and you're looking at your fangs and you're thinking to yourself i don't know what to do man i don't know how to kill the bunny with this you don't know how to kill the bunny do you know what i mean that's what i want to have happen with andrew wiggins i want someone to sit him down and tell him you are six seven you have elite athleticism you are in dominique wilkins body andrew wiggins you're a bear accept who you are and go to the rack on a frequent basis no more of this bunny hop bullshit. no more bruce wanamaker type game know who you are and embrace it that's my new year's resolution for him i like it yeah i i, I like it i like it let me see let me see if i have one let me see the new year's resolution i would have hmm i think it's got to do with it's got to do with, gosh, it's got to be Kelly Oubre Jr. My new, my new Year's resolution is stop settling for the threes and just go get buckets, all right? <laughs> stop settling for threes, dude. The, the jumper, you're pressing too hard. Just go to the cup and just yam on people. That's what I want. And I want him to be that defensive linchpin for this, for, uh, on the perimeter. He said he can guard. He said he could defend at a high level. He's starting to show it a little bit, but I just want him to get buckets, man. Stop settling for threes. That's my New Year's resolution. I, I, I'll jump on that. I'll add, relax. You know, maybe meditate with Maxime. Like, it <laughs> will come. You know, like I, every time he takes a three, my butthole clinches. I'm so tense for him. You know, and, and you can just feel how stressed he is at every moment. And to combine the two pieces, maybe a couple of easy hoops, a trip to the paint might help him just relax i think it might be good for him it'll it'll help him professionally and personally he's gonna die early if he keeps this amount of stress yeah and and coach kerr said it best like clay thompson has had a few seasons where he started off shooting you know around this same percentage and it just all evens out like kelly Oubre is a better shooter than what he's shooting right now the the numbers will even out and he'll be back to what he's supposed to be just give it a little time and like you said, relax. Um, but my my resolution. You don't have patience, with you, Oubre. We don't got time here, Marcus. They're in the West. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's still the game four. I mean, I'm not saying relax and stop playing basketball. We still need him to like to play well, dude. I just don't need him like popping blood vessels, hoping that the next goddamn shot goes in. Yeah. Uh, but my my resolution would be for Wiseman and along the same lines, but it would just be just to have fun. I think. He was so upset at himself for fouling out of the game um, this last game. And it was good to see that he cared that much. But it was also like, like, look, you just we, everybody saw you had about two or three rookie calls in there. Like, that's going to happen. And I just want to see him smile one time on the court. Everybody else is having fun. And, you know, Kelly makes that first three. And he, even he smiles like finally. Like, I would just love to see him 
take a little bit of the pressure off himself and smile during one of the moments, even if it was on that Giannis play, like just a, a slight smile, just like, yeah, that was kind of cool. So like, you know, just enjoy it. You're on the team that you were wearing their jersey when you were eight years old. Like you're in the league doing pick and rolls with Steph. Like enjoy the moment, enjoy your time there and, and have fun. And I think he'll be even better if he starts to have a little more fun with it and take some of the pressure off himself to be an all-star in the first year. You mentioned, Marcus, that Kerr talked to Ubre about Clay's early season cold streaks. And what the quote was, I don't have it in front of me, but I can paraphrase it, is that Clay occasionally told Kerr he liked to have prolonged cold streaks early in the season. So they kind of got a sense of what it felt like to be cold in big games and be able to play through it. And like, and that's the kind of thing, dude, that if anybody <laughs> else says, you're like, bullshit. But like, no way, that's what's happening. But if Clay Thompson says it, you're like, okay, like I, I bet that's exactly what you do, which leads to this New Year's resolution. It's for Clay. Join the team. Join the team. You help us on the floor. You help us immensely on the floor. We see that, but you also help us off the floor. It's one thing for Ubre to hear that from Clay, or from from Kerr, and I'm sure that's really helpful. It'd be an entirely other thing if Clay kind of sauntered up in his weirdo Clay way and calmly explained to Kelly, like, "Look, dude, I've you know I've gone 0 for 45. No big deal. I'm one of the best shooters ever." That it's that kind of relaxing, I, I don't know, feel good statement that only Clay can bring. We miss him. Get to the bay, Mr. Thompson. Uh, you are needed. Well said. Um, well said. I, I could not agree more. I want to throw in um, one of my own, too. This one goes out to Steve Kerr. Um, don't, listen to, don't listen to anybody. Don't listen to all the people panicking <laughs> about needing to simplify the offense and run more pick and rolls. I, thought, I think it was in, in one of his postgame pressers. He was talking about how ultimately when the game slowed down in the Rocket series, um, the pick and roll stuff that Harden runs is predictable enough to to be beaten and it's true right and i think the type of motion offense that kerr has um kind of piloted as as a as a as a way to play basketball that is impossible to beat deserves to be learned no matter what type of level guys are coming in with so it's okay if it takes time don't listen to everybody freaking out just stay on course because it's so worth it I love that. I'll piggyback on that. This is a New Year's resolution to Warriors fans. Remember what the f*** Steve Kerr did for this franchise. Can everybody settle down? Can we calm down just for a moment? The guy won three championships. He took a team that was a perennial loser along with a whole lot of talent that was given to him and helped change all of it. Changed all of it. Maybe we don't need to start calling for his head after two bad seasons or four game in to an injury ravaged year. You know, that what I'm sure the front office is constantly looking at his utility, but if he has earned anything, he's earned patience from us. So everybody settle down. Um, I'll give you another one for Wiseman. Um, and it, it kind of agrees with UMT, but it also changes it a little bit. Um, and let me give you a quote, and then I'll give you the New Year's resolution. Quote, this is right after his uh, huge debut with the 19-6 and six in his opening night. Quote, I think I did really well for not playing in a year. I just got to get my conditioning back up. I feel like I did well, but we lost, so it doesn't matter. New Year's resolution for Mr. Wiseman, recognize what does matter this year. Um, I am afraid that James still thinks that he's playing for the dynastic team he has probably watched for the last half decade and thinks they might be competing for a title this year. They're not. They're not. 
You know, that they might be better than they've been so far, but they're not going to be a title team. And so I hope that he understands that what will propel them back towards a title is his development. So if losses start happening, I want him to be able to keep his head up and understand there are things that are more important. So, Mr. Wiseman, recognize the big picture. Don't get too caught up in the losses. Your success is going to span for a decade, at least, hopefully. Uh, this year won't mean that much. You boys got any other ones? I'm just still a little sh- shook that you said we're not a title team. I'm trying to <laughs> absorb that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been following volleyball too f***ing close recently. <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, I'll give one last one, and it's for the team at large. What I am afraid of is that the team does not have a definitive goal for the year. Um, And it's a little bit early, so it would make sense to me that they're still feeling it out. But if that goal is to get as much experience for people like Wiseman and to really propel into next year, fine. If that goal is to circle the wagons and try to do everything they can to squeeze a playoff uh, I don't know, appearance out of this group, then again, fine. But I, I hope that they don't split the difference between the two. Um, you know, that they don't play Wiseman for some games looking for the win and then do play him a ton of minutes, uh, you know, later on. I want them to have one consistent approach to the year. And as far as a resolution, I hope that they determine that approach in the next 10 games, let's say. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, I would add another one. I, I... So the first couple games, I know we're trying to get our legs under ourselves and see who the team is and dealing with the clay injury. But um, our rotation was pretty big. Like we're playing 12, 13 players um, a night. And I'd like to see it reduced down and, and let guys work through some of the issues if they're running through it and kind of get a better sense of when they're coming in the game and when they're coming out. I think that was one of the things that was really helpful um, when we were – had our dynastic run um sean livingston knew he was coming in for you know 12 12 minutes and if he was hitting shots 16 at most but he knew when he was coming in at all times he didn't have to worry about it right coming in coming out that was just when his time was um so you see steph still plays all the first and third and then it balances out depending on how the game's going but you know like um playing that many guys just doesn't help anybody get into a flow for most of the other players and I was a little disappointed to see Bazemore be the one who was out of the rotation I think he still brings a lot um but you know just whoever it is I'd like to see us shorten that rotation and let guys work through what those problems are as we get those legs under us so um that would be my resolution are you guys new year's resolution people personally like like do you do them every year Uh, for for me if I'm being honest with you guys and transparent I use them as a way to try to seem deeper and smarter than I really am. I'll come out and think of like some really overarching thing. Uh, Two years ago, I started telling people my New Year's resolution was choose happiness. That over and over in my life, I am given an opportunity to either be tense or happy, and I always chose tension. Choose happiness, I said. But boys, I didn't choose any happiness. After I said that, I immediately moved on. But I tried to come off as like, I don't know, like a Gandhi kind of like know-it-all person to anybody who asked me what my resolution was. For you, do you actually have them? Do you follow them? Like what, what role do these things play for you? Nah, because see, if January 2nd hits and I realize I need to make some changes in my life, then I gotta wait 364 days. I'm not in on that. 
<laughs> How about you, MT? <laughs> um, I used to do them, and I used to take them more seriously. But then when they would fall off or I wouldn't achieve them, it'd be super disappointing. So um, I stopped doing them so that way I didn't have to be disappointed in myself for not achieving it, like going to the gym four days a week for the whole year. And then, you know, come mid-March, I'm already out the game. So, um, yeah, I stopped doing them, and I don't take them as seriously, but – it, it does feel a little um, weird when people try to give their resolutions and make them sound super smart and lofty. And, um, you know, it just sounds like that's a me. bunch of things yeah, Kyrie Irving would say before the start yeah, of a game. Okay. No, I like to call Kyrie and I actually have meditation <laughs> sessions where we try to figure out exactly what it is. And also, if you don't mind my saying, MT, it sounds like you've chosen happiness and good for you. Exactly. I, think, I just think it's so important when people do that. And if you need any help with it, you, you let either me or Kyrie know. I think both of us can really help you. Uh, yeah, it sounds like our, you're burning some flat earth sage right now around your room. Yeah, I, I am, and it's making me happy, and I do not need you to give me any crap. I've chosen what I want to choose, and f*** yourself. Our last question brings us back to the Warriors Oracle segment, and it comes from Carol in Oakland, who asked this, quote, a couple weeks back, you and MT both teased that you were kicked out of other businesses, but you've never told the story. Give us the details. Carol, thank you for asking, but I'm going to use this as a way to propel towards the other member of this show. Maxime, you were not with us when we asked the question, have you ever been kicked out of an establishment? So Marcus and I have both made it clear we've been kicked out of two spots. Uh, I told the story about getting kicked out of the casino. I have not made it clear why I was kicked out of a Raiders game. We know Marcus was kicked out of Raging Waters. Uh, he said it had nothing to do with him, but all of us know it definitely had something to do with him. And then <laughs> the, he also has a story apparently where he got kicked out of a club. We haven't heard it. Have you, and, and before you tell us, what's your guess, MT? I say, I say no. I say he has never been kicked out of any location. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards no, too, but I also didn't see the fact that Maxime is violently hurt two of his past girlfriends <laughs> accidentally. Scarred. Yeah, scarred, scarred, them. scarred them. Love scars. Um, <laughs> I didn't see those stories coming, so I, I wouldn't be surprised by being surprised, but I'm going to go no. I'm going to go no. Maxime, give us a drum roll, and then what's the response? Look, these are the these are the passions of love. I'm sorry that you don't um, get to experience the full range of emotions that I do. It's a beautiful place. It's weird. My wife is definitely happy I've not hit her with a flashlight, but I mean, you know, whatever, dude. Do you know that? <laughs> yes, we've actually had the conversation of, would you like me to drop a flashlight in her face? She said no. Good for you. I encourage everybody to have those types of conversations. I think it can open up a lot of doors. Uh, speaking of opening up a lot of doors, I have been kicked out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it happens to be um, also in Vegas. I, uh, you know, the buildup, I was like really feeling myself in college. I, uh, got on my like cleanest black Levi's. I actually stole a red napkin from the lobby of the hotel that I was in and like tried to put it as a pocket square because I think that I thought that would make me like look better. I don't think that's stealing, by the way. I, I mean, I feel like something has to be worth more than like, I don't know, 75 cents for you to use the word stealing. But I love that you added that. I mean, I really appreciate that. That's actually been weighing on me for a while. So um, anyways, you know, I was doing like a real like um, block color thing going in. And like I said, feeling myself and I rolled up to the club uh, with a number of people and um, they let us in, you know, probably because I had a clean looking pocket square napkin. Uh, excuse me, um, that I now learned I did not steal. 
um, but just reappropriated for better purposes. And uh, and then about like 20 minutes later, I found myself back outside. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure why. All I know is that I was very drunk when I went in, and I was definitely more drunk than I went out. And I think I drank a lot more drinks than I paid for. Uh, MT, my guess is at least 90% of the reason he got kicked out of a Vegas club was because he was wearing a cocktail napkin as a <laughs> prominent portion of his outfit. Am I off base here? What, what do you think happened? <laughs> I mean, you get kicked out of Vegas, you have to be wearing the cocktail napkin as your only piece of clothing. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't but, mention that. <laughs> which is why you got kicked out of that club. It turns out we're getting two stories at one. So, yeah, I don't need the rest of this. I have my amazing pocket square, MT said. <laughs> Hey, and that dovetails perfectly into my story of getting kicked out. Yeah, boom. <laughs> well, good for you, Maxime. How did you deal with it? Do you even remember most of that evening? Uh, no, all I remember is that I felt like it was a, a big rebuke of my outfit, um, and it was <laughs> deeply hurting. Did you immediately hit up like three or four more hotels and try to add to like, I don't know, your coat or your pants or anything? Man, see, this is why I need you around. I didn't even think of that. I could have had so many more pocket squares by the end of that trip. I've got your back. Well, uh, with that in mind, I'm going to save our other kicked out stores, the Oakland Coliseum and MT Naked with the exception of a pocket square <laughs> story. We'll have to wait. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, if you have any takes for us, any questions, for example, if there's anything you would like us to answer during the Warriors Oracle section, the fastest way to get us that question is via email. That's warriorshuddle at gmail.com. The other way you can get it to us is uh, to support us on Twitter. You can follow us at Warriors Huddle, um, or you can be on Patreon, which guarantees that your question will be read and will be answered. And to support us there, just hop up on Patreon and search for Warriors Huddle, and we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. With that in mind, Happy New Year. Go Warriors, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Good, good. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.